the Dream Baby Dream podcast. Welcome back to Dream Baby Dream. I'm Oh, sorry. <laughs> Let's try again. <laughs> Welcome back. This is Dream Baby Dream. We are ACTC. I'm Amy Kuma. And I'm Taylor Clements. There I, you go. I tried to start it, which I don't usually do, and I failed. <laughs> it's okay. I also forgot what the intro was, so um, there we go. But we, we, got, we, we got there. It's been a big day. It's been a very big day. Taylor, what have you done today? I, in the torrential pouring down rain, oh, moved. Imagine my entire life into a new house or a new apartment unit, I should say. We, we were supposed to take two cars and a trailer, but because of the rain, we couldn't really put anything in the trailer. So we literally drove four cars over here. My mum's car, my dad's car, my dad's other car, and my little Swift. She, she did well. She did do well. She was packed. But, I mean, I um, wasn't there. I you, was but you can imagine. Conveniently yeah. busy. <laughs> I couldn't help. Um, but I'm very proud of you. Thank and I love you. the new apartment. We are actually doing the record tonight from... In, from Taylor's new bedroom. If you can hear a little sprinkle of water, that is... The rain. And also Taylor's roommate having a shower. Oh, that is. I mean, if you also can hear some rowdy boys, that would be the neighbours. The new neighbours. Hopefully they're cute. Hopefully they're cute and fun and invite us to their party next time. That'd be fun. Okay, so we'll jump right into quote of the week. Quote of the week. We love it. Which I've got. This quote comes from Jack Nicholson, one of my... I wouldn't say one of my favourites, but he's up there. He's he's very good. Um, Okay, it says, If you get an impulse in a scene, no matter how wrong it seems, follow the impulse. It might be something, and if it ain't, take two. Oh, thank you, Jack Nicholson. Thank you. Thank you. Um, So, in week one, we gave you Amy's embarrassing story. And we did not give you mine because I couldn't think of one. And apparently, time. apparently I have really, really, really suppressed this memory because I had to really dig it out of me. And I actually only thought about it randomly the other day. I was like, oh, I guess I have to bring it since we ask every other guest of ours to bring theirs. Only fair, I suppose. So long story short, I was going for an audition back when in the room auditions were a thing. And it was just for something small. I don't even know what it, I can't even remember what it was for. It was years ago. And... I walk into the audition room and there's maybe 10 other people there, like waiting for their little time slot because we were kind of going in in groups and it was like, I don't know, it was weird. But there were about 10 people in there and they were all kind of just sitting down. A few people were over at the water bit and I don't know, everyone was just kind of doing their own thing, preparing, memorizing their lines. And I walk in and I don't know, when you walk into an audition space, everyone kind of looks at you, checks you out, you know, who's this person Sizes I'm going, yeah, yeah. Like, do they look like me? Am I going for the same role as them? You know, that mm-hmm. whole kind of thing. So I, I didn't think of, I didn't think anything was weird when I walked in and people were looking at me. <laughs> um, so I walked in, everyone was looking at me, kind of got a bit weird. I got up to grab a drink mm-hmm. of water and everyone still was staring at me and like this a group of guys were looking at me and I, I just wow, thought I'm so pretty literally I, I just I just thought that they were giving me eyes they're all jealous so they're, all, yeah, they're, they're, all, they're all looking at me going wow she is a star and that's what I thought hmm. that's not what I thought I was very I was very confused why everyone was looking at me and I went to the bathroom and when I went to the bathroom I realized that 
I was wearing a skirt and I had actually tucked my oh. skirt into my underwear up the back. <laughs> and so I was walking around this audition room with my skirt tucked into my undies and see? everyone could see my butt. How do you not feel that? What do you mean? How do I not like feel the, it? The air on your butt. I don't. I, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Surely. I never understood that. Well, maybe when it happens to you, you... Well, I already dealt with friggin' bloodstain on the back of my pants, so I don't want to... How do you not too. feel that? Being <laughs> a woman is just a joke sometimes. Anyway. So, yeah, that's my embarrassing story. How do I've, you like it? I love it. I've also got an embarrassing story to share that happened last week. It's oh. just a short one. Okay, go for it. Um, I had my name spelt wrongly. <laughs> wrongly. In a casting <laughs> announcement. It was Amy Cooper. Congratulations to Amy Cooper. And not only that, but the very next day, I got an email from a producer titled, Hi, Kayla. <laughs> uh, yeah, and, and it was meant for me, but I just, just couldn't get my name right. So that was two separate cases within the same week where I had my name once spelled incorrectly and once just completely, <laughs> completely wrong. It's so, like when Darren called you Kate. It's just, I don't think it's a hard name. <laughs> Amy, Amy, Amy Kuma. Three letters. Kuma, two syllables. It's, it's pretty, it rolls off the tongue. What's your middle name? Marie. Amy Marie Kuma. It's a very simple name. So that was a very humbling experience. <laughs> no one cares about me. It's like you got a role, but also... Who are you? Who are you? So, yeah, that was funny. Before we get into today's episode, um, we're going to do our obsessions of the week. Do you have one or would you like me to go first? You go first. Okay. My obsession of the week is my new house. I'm obsessed. I'm obsessed with my room. I can finally put my things out and make the space mine. I I have my own unit. I mean, I share it with Olivia, who's still in the shower. But that's a long shower. <laughs> I'm gonna have to talk to her about this water bill that, yeah, we're, that exactly. we'll be paying. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I'm sharing with Liv, but we get along so well. I'm not worried at all. I'm just so excited to have my own space. You know, it's got a cute little yard. You know, it's in such a good area. I'm just so obsessed with the direction my life is taking. Isn't that a good obsession? Oh, I'm so happy for you and not at all jealous. Um, my <laughs> obsession is also Taylor's house. <laughs> Amy will be spending lots of time here. Specifically Taylor's big new bed and her big new TV. <laughs> okay, so uh, the episode today, we are interviewing the Warehouse Workshop Screen Acting Studio's very own Philip Holder. Holder. <laughs> <laughs> we love Philly. We love Philly cheese. He's just the best human ever. Um, so he's going to be talking about a very important topic um and that's to go or not to go to drama schools it's a topic we have discussed a lot i've always pulled him aside to pick his brain about this after class because for a lot of actors for most actors it's a really big decision commitment it's a really big commitment as well and it's good just to hear from a professional and someone who's been in the industry for so long and seen so many different careers take off phil's got a lot of perspective on it and it's really really interesting to hear what he has to say and phil's just funny he's so funny like i could hear him talk about 
anything. anything. He's just he just he I could mean, read his grocery list and it would just be <laughs> a treat. I mean, like you guys got a little sneak peek of Phil in last week's episode when he um helped us with our intro and outro, which was absolutely hilarious he's to film. So silly. He's just so the silly, silliest man, and I just the adore silliest. him. No, he's the great. Yeah. So we we're super excited to talk to him. Amy and I have both auditioned for acting schools. Um, and have both been rejected from acting schools. Denied. Um, so go back to our episode on rejection with Nicola, episode two, if you want to hear about that. But um, it's just, it's as Amy said, it's good to talk to a professional, someone who's been in the industry and kind of knows his shit and knows what he's saying. And you don't have to agree with him. Like you don't have to take anything he says and go, yep, I'm going to go to acting school. But it's good to have that perspective and have that knowledge on why Phil believes that acting school is valuable for actors. Don't think that we're telling you to go to drum school. Well, no, nobody's no. telling you to. <laughs> no. Sometimes you don't even have a choice. Even if you want to go, yeah. you just you, you, just, c- you don't get let in. <laughs> they don't want you. <laughs> they don't want you. The doors are closed. They say, nope, not for you. Um, but it's, it's just good. It's a good conversation and I feel like it's an interesting one and it's a really important one as young actors at this point in our careers. I think it's, it's super insightful. So without further ado, here is Philly Cheese Holder. For crying, <laughs> crazy for dying. I'm crazy for love and you. You know we were recording that, don't you? Did you? Yeah. yeah. Okay. That's uh, that's uh, Moonlight Sonata. Stop doing that. You don't need to talk that close into it. It's hurting I do, my I do, no. I want <laughs> What's the topic, Amy? It's drama schools to go or not to go, Phil. To go or not to go, <laughs> to be or not to be. Okay. This has been fun already. I told I've you. I've enjoyed it enormously. I told you. It's been very nice to have you me know, here. I told um, you. And we are in the studio talking to Philip Holder, Phil Holder of the Warehouse Workshop Screen Acting Studio. How are you tonight, Phil? Um, I think I'm all right. <laughs> I'm not entirely sure. I've just, I just, yeah, no, I'm good. It's good. We've yeah. finally got Phil on. We have been begging him for the past few weeks and he's just gone. Nah. He's been sulking a lot and he sulked his way up here he, tonight. He, I'm, I'm very, very bad at talking about me. I'm really, really you dreadful at it. You talk all the time. And you, I do yeah. talk a lot, but not about me. Hopefully yeah. not about me. Well, like when you do, they're always really wild stories, though. So inappropriate stories. Yeah. Okay, we're not. We're not doing. Speaking we're, we're of doing, which, we're not, no. <laughs> yeah. Phil, we need your most embarrassing story. As you the know. most embarrassing story. Okay. Yes. Um, well, I'm sort of. I'm sort of. I'm not that easy to embarrass. I think I'm just a total lack of inhibition or That's care, true. really. Um, the most embarrassing, well, there's a couple that sort of spring to mind. One of them's not real. Well, I guess it was embarrassing. It was it was actually terrifying. More terrifying than embarrassing. Oh, good. Well, embarrassing and terrifying <laughs> simultaneously. So it was, um, I was doing a play about a, a rugby team and playing the, the fullback in this rugby team. And the play started with everybody um, coming into the dressing shed off the uh, off the rugby field practice night and getting changed into their clothes and showering and doing all that so um, there was quite a lot of nudity in the in the thing and the opening night of that was um, because it was the first time I'd appeared in front of hundreds of people 
completely naked. Mm. Um, and because it was the middle of winter, so it was quite cold. <laughs> I think I've heard this. <laughs> What is that? It was, it was, it was, was, and the terror combined with the terror of the cold and everything else, it was dubbed the Night of the Button Mushrooms. (laughs) So, uh, that that was sort of embarrassing, sort of embarrassing. (laughs) Yeah, for Phil, that probably doesn't even rank highly on his embarrassing, like, well, as he said, he doesn't really get embarrassed. He, He, like, he does a lot of really scary shit and a lot of really what normal people would be mortified by, but Phil just does not care. There's there is a certain part of my personality that I think is is lacking or somehow (laughs) skip development, you know, and that is that is inhibition, really. So, um, as a performer, I mean, as a human being, I'm I'm just a mess of inhibition. All right, Philly. So, our episode today is about drama schools to go or not to go. We think Mm. we know your personal opinion. I think we know because you've been telling us since the moment we stepped through Mm. the door. Yeah, um, very, Mm. very keen. Um, But we want you to talk about it. Um, First, should we... About just, why you should say who Phil is. Yeah, well, I've real, I, I've also just realised that we have not even explained who well, Philip well, Holder is. Oh, we'll give a little yeah. description. Okay, you, you. Who are you, Phil? Yeah, well, I, I'd rather you told me. I mean, or the, oh, or the, can or I, or I actually our, wanted to tell this story. for our listening audience here. All right. Uh, okay, for those who don't know, Philip Holder is. Oh, don't. Stop. <laughs> 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 yeah, I got the giggles. Okay, Phil Holder. Okay, I'm not going to be able to get through this. Okay, Phil is uh, one of the teachers. Stop Stop it. Stop it. Phil is one of the teachers at the warehouse workshop. Uh, one of the one of the consultants they call him. Um, Do they? And Nicola told me they called him. Oh, oh maybe not. <laughs> Look at his face. Maybe not. Okay. I don't call you a consultant. He's a teacher <laughs> and an actor. And basically, when I came to the warehouse to audition for their full time program, I had Philip Holder as my um, as my auditioner, mm. and he is that a word? No. Um, and he. <laughs> Do, do you want me to take over? <laughs> You're going to leave that in. No, no. I'm edit this out. Sorry, I was just. Have we got anything it's, usable so far? Jesus. <laughs> it's really late at night. The snort. Okay, so. Oh, God, where was I? Yeah, so I came to audition with Phil. This is actually a really sweet story. Mm. It's not even funny. I don't know why I'm laughing. Um, but Phil, he took me upstairs to do the audition in one of the rooms, um, and he basically watched me audition and he didn't make a single sound or even a reaction until the end and he was so serious and he said you're gonna have to go home and tell your parents I'm very sorry but I'm gonna be an actor (laughs) (laughs) and I was that's the first time anyone has ever told me that and it really touched me Phil so Mm. thank you for that you're very welcome. I remember that audition vividly. Oh. It was extremely good. Oh, Phil. Hmm. That is a very sweet story. Uh, yeah, mm. I got there. <laughs> My first experience with Phil was not oh. as um, sweet as that. My first um, experience with Phil, my favourite human ever, is actually a rejection experience. <laughs> Um, she talked about them. <laughs> I know. Phil was my first rejection. No, so I can't really remember what they were doing here at the warehouse. Um, it was in. It would have been 2015 because I was in high school. Um, 
it was just some program where they needed actors to come in and be readers for things I think I don't know and I was planning on joining classes the next year at the warehouse doing the beginners and stuff but they were advertising for actors to come in and help them out with this little program and so I sent Phil an email and I was like hey look this is my headshot this is my showreel I'd love to come in and help blah 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 Uh, let me know and then Phil sent me back which my mom actually found the other week and she was like look your favorite person rejected you she sent me back this email and it was like this really generic Phil long-winded you're great but we just aren't looking for what you have to offer right now it was this full-on long email about how phil didn't want me essentially so um that was my first experience with phil holder sorry Um, (laughs) (laughs) so he tells amy that she's going to be an actor and he tells me no so that was great yeah what do you got to say for yourself yeah phil um I feel boundless shame and embarrassment. <laughs> this could be my most embarrassing moment, actually. It could be because he it has could, since could be. regretted his words. Yeah. And he now thinks that Taylor is pretty all right. Pretty all right. And I guess the moral of that story really is don't write anything down. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Phil, what is your opinion on drama schools versus taking short classes slash courses? So... Um, the vast majority of leading actors that we watch have been to one of the elite drama schools in the world. And while short courses and classes and workshops and so on can be incredibly valuable, um, of course they're valuable, um, they're never going to replace the sort of education that you would get, performance education that you would get, Uh, Going to an elite drama school where you're spending three years, day in, day out, five, six days a week, um, you know, nine to five, working on um, all the aspects of the craft of being an actor. So, yeah, I'm I'm very much in favour of people going to, if they can get in, because they're fiendishly difficult to get into, Mm -hmm. and some of them are horrendously expensive, of course, but if you can get in and if it's uh, affordable, then it's an investment in a future that's incredibly worthwhile. Yes. Um, In your opinion, which is the best of the the big four, we'll call them? So there's WAPA, NIDA, Mm -hmm. QUT and VCA. Um, Well, there's a leading question right there. Mm. How do I rank them? I think they vary from year to year. I mean, any 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 educational institutions really judged on sort of three major criteria. Um, one is the the quality and value of the course as it connects to or is relevant to the industry, the quality of the faculty, and the track record of success that they have or haven't got. So, the alumni, and it shifts and moves year to year. You know, but there are courses here or institutions here that are world ranked and so I mean if you're living in Australia and you're an actor and you've got two or three of the best drama schools in the world in your own country and you've got the opportunity to go there you're sort of mad if you don't give it a crack Mm. Mm. Um, but they are fiendishly difficult to get into oh we know (laughs) know, I know you know yeah I mean, they, they collectively take about 80 people a year out of the thousands that apply. Mm. So, But that's one of the things that makes them um, valuable. Yeah. Mm. That's why they're, why they're, 
you know, a qualification from one of those schools is valued. Do you think all actors are suited to drama schools? Like, do you, like, who should go to a drama school and why? Well, I think anybody who's passionately committed to that sort of education and making that, I mean, three years is a long commitment. It's a, it's a big investment in terms of time and energy and all of those things. If you're not passionate about that, then you shouldn't go. If you are passionate about that, then that's what you should be aiming for. Mm-hmm. Um, but not every actor that enters the industry, there's many, many ways to enter the industry. Not every actor that ends up playing leading roles has come out of one of those drama schools. As I said, the vast majority of people who play leading roles, and this is globally, this is not just Australia I'm talking about, have been to one of the elite, many elite drama schools in the world. But not everybody has enters the industry in that fashion there's a number of our leading actors that made their own way into the industry yes rose byrne was actually a night uh, reject so was she she I didn't was know that. she spent a little bit of time at the atlantic mm. in new york and what can someone expect when they attend a vigorous full-time course like this well you're going to get some of the best tuition in the world that's one of the things that you're going to get you're also because so few people are accepted into these courses out of the many 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 that apply that makes you one of the well cream of the crop of that year and so um before you've even had a class you're already um regarded by a number of people within the industry as being somebody worth watching and somebody worth paying attention to so and when you graduate from one of those schools it doesn't guarantee you a career you can still you know you can still screw up a career coming out of an elite drama school and many people do but what it does guarantee you is you've got some of the best tuition going the education is it's an occupational course of study right so the education that you're getting in one of those schools is relevant to the needs expectations and so on of the industry hmm. and so that means that when you do graduate that all doors are open to you people want to talk to you there are lots of doors that open in terms of agents in terms of casting directors in terms of making your way into the industry that journey is much much easier when you come out of one of those schools yeah and for the people that aren't successful coming out of those schools why do you think that is what separates the successful people from the unsuccessful graduates look there's i mean i think you can ask that of any anybody graduating from any elite course of education so whether they're coming out of an elite law school or whether they're coming out of any sort of elite education institution they can still they're not guaranteed a career no matter what that career is because there's just so many things that can go wrong when somebody comes out Um, and there's just as many reasons as there are people on the planet can be attitudinal can be all sorts of things that just go wrong or they just don't get the breaks or when they do get the breaks they don't capitalize on them or they screw it up or whatever there's just huge number of things that can possibly go wrong for somebody even though they've had the uh, the educational advantages that other people don't have mm. something you've said to me before is that you can't it's kind of like you're jumping the queue mm. of actors yeah. like if, if you come out of a drama school then you basically just jumped the line to the front of the door and then mm. you're the first one through for that year at least mm-hmm. yeah and an example you had was Naomi Watts who didn't go to drama school who had to do a lot of groundwork to 
Is it Naomi Watts? Yeah, well, there's lots of people like Naomi didn't go to one of the drama schools here. She didn't do the three-year thing. Mm. And so, you know, take Na- it took Naomi a, a long time, a lot of serious hard work to make up ground. Because what happens was, I think Naomi was very young when she did her first thing and then there was a there was a serious struggle thereafter and and you know and she's incredibly talented and of course she she is who she is now and doing some exceptional work but the thing is when you're at the same age as the people that are graduating from those and I'm not just talking about the ones in Australia I'm talking about you know, the elite drama schools in the UK and in the USA and and Europe and other places, if you're at the same age as those graduates and then you're competing directly with those people who've had that advantage mm-hmm. over you and, and sometimes that just becomes an enormous struggle just to compete with them on that level if you haven't been there. Mm, do you think a casting director would be more inclined to cast someone seeing NIDA on their resume as opposed to someone without it, even if the other actor's more talented? Do you I, think it's like a safe bet knowing they've had the training and the professionalism? I think there's an advantage with everybody in the industry. I think, you know, those people that have the ability to employ you um, and create employment opportunities, I think those people, no matter where they sit in the hierarchy are going to look favourably on somebody that's been to one of those schools yeah. as opposed to somebody who hasn't. But once you're out of the school and once you've started to enter the industry, it really, they don't care after a while. Yeah. You know, it really boils down to what you do in front of the camera or in front of an audience. Yeah. So it really boils down to that. Once, uh, once you get that leg up, it doesn't matter at all. Mm. We've... They, they're never going to ask to see that piece of paper once you've started working. You know? Yeah, it's yeah, that's just what I figured. getting that entrance into the industry yeah, is an advantage. Yeah, opening those yeah. doors. Mm. Yeah. What is um, your advice for people who have tried repeatedly and can't get into schools? And my notes say, like Amy Lol. <laughs> <laughs> well, very okay. Okay, good question. Okay, so let me just um, let me just. Uh, you weren't meant to read that yeah. bit. <laughs> yeah. So, very few people get into those schools on their first attempt. Very few people get into those schools at all. Um, and for most people, it's on their second or third attempt that they manage to get past the audition process and, and get accepted into one of those schools. And, you know, if you are passionate about it and you are determined and you haven't, I guess there's a certain point in terms of how old you are and where you might, it might be no longer an advantage to go to one of those schools because you're going to graduate at 45 you know (laughs) so it's probably something you should think about not doing maybe Mm. but if you are passionate about it that's the old try 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 and again thing until until you run out of passion or steam it just becomes unviable yeah one year i don't call phil and in tears saying i didn't get in did you do that again this year i did that i've done that the past two years what, what have you done? I've called you having a hysterical breakdown. You don't remember? Yes, uh, yes, I do. Uh, yes. Yes. <laughs> oh, yes, which yeah. is hard to tell because <laughs> yes. of all the calls I get of Amy crying hysterically. 
Um, so what would your advice be to people trying to get into the schools? How can people make themselves stand out? What are they looking for? Well, you don't know it changes every year, uh, yeah. apparently. <laughs> well, it's, it's really hard to know what they're looking for in any given year or any given intake, you know, because, and, and, and this is evident in, you can have uh, somebody who's applying for all three or four of the schools and they get rejected by three and accepted by it's the same actor, yeah. it's the same student. If you get accepted by one and rejected by three, then, you know, it's really hard to determine what they're looking for. My guess is they'll all be looking for the same thing, roughly, and that is potential. Mm. And that is something that stands out as... They're not keen to take you on board if you turn up and you're Meryl Streep and you're like... You have all the skills and you have all the... Oh, maybe that's why I didn't get in. Tech. You're just too good. <laughs> that that, that too could good. definitely be it, I would think. You know, that's definitely just hit the nail on the head yeah. right there. Oh. But so they're, they're looking for, in some shape or form, p- potential, performance instinct, all of those things that you'd look for when you're looking to develop people into elite leading actors, mm-hmm. I guess. Fair enough. Yeah. I guess I was lacking in those areas. I guess we're just too good and they could see how good we All were that, that they yeah. were like, well, we have nothing to teach them. I can't teach you anything. No. Well, of course, they're not going to waste your time. They're <laughs> well, going exactly. to do the right thing and they're exactly. going to say, that was really nice. Guys, mm. you know, you don't need to be here. Go it's really and get considerate a job, of them. You know? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, <laughs> yes, because I, I think they'd do that. I feel like I'm going to spice it up a little bit. Do you have. Okay. Do you have any questions for Amy or myself that you would like to ask? <clears throat> ask. He's like, nope. <laughs> He's like, I know everything like, about you. It's 11 p.m. I'd like to go. <laughs> Specifically about anything. any particular thing? Anything. Oh, no, don't leave the field wide open. Oh, it's no. Too, it's too that broad. That won't be appropriate. You know? Okay, acting related then. We'll keep it boring. <laughs> <laughs> okay, acting related questions for you. Yep. Um, what would the acting-related question be for you? It doesn't have to be a question. It could be a comment. It can be a... a concern? A, a concern. <laughs> like, why do you do this <laughs> when you act? Why do, well, you know, there's a, there's a valid question. Why do you do this? Why does anybody do this? Oh, acting. Yeah. I mean, it, when you think about it, it's a, it's an odd choice of occupation really yes, it's, it's soul crushing <laughs> why, why yeah, would we to, choose this it, it can be soul yeah. destroying but to put yourself constantly and persistently at risk um when you st- i mean anytime you stand in front of an audience or a camera you're putting yourself on the line you're making yourself exposed and vulnerable and and then there's all the rejection and all the other negatives that go with it so you know why would you do this why would you do this thing? I don't know. <laughs> You've really made Amy question her life. I'm sitting here going, what the fuck? <laughs> why am I doing this? He's right. Um, why do you think I do it? There's a question. Well, I think the answer to that question is, I'm here, I'm answering my own question. Here we go. <laughs> well, there you go. That was our so plan all along. I think the along. answer to that question is that you don't have a choice. Yeah. That you're compelled to do mm. it. Mm that insane though it might be to do this thing that it's just a compulsion it's just and it satisfies at some level mm. some deep need that was going to be my answer to the question in that i don't picture myself 
doing anything else in my entire life than acting I like I would not be fulfilled I would not be happy just yeah I wouldn't be happy I've done it since I was like five years old I've never wanted to do anything else like I've revolved my entire life and my work and my jobs around being able to act see but I think if you can't help but do it then you must do it and that's what I think I don't yeah I don't want to do anything else I can't do anything else my life would just be shit if I was doing anything else but acting like more shift more shit than the shit that comes with acting yeah I I agree it's all it's worth it's worth it yeah there is a great deal of stuff that goes on that's not particularly positive you know one of the most stressful things that somebody can do is leave a job and go through the process of finding a new job actors do that dozens of times a year you know? <laughs> Every <single> day. <laughs> and the vast majority of things that you um, audition for or the jobs that you're interviewed for you fail at you hmm. know i mean i used to have a reasonably reasonably good hit ratio of about 20 percent but that means that 80 percent of the things that i auditioned for or were interviewed for they didn't get so that's a huge amount of rejection that you have to deal with um and somehow actors manage to cope with that and all the other things that go with um not entirely being in control of your own destiny yes. as, a, as a performer all of those things are the negatives are all there but there's just such an exhilaration when you're standing in front of an audience or a camera and it all somehow clicks together Hmm. and there's that simultaneous act of imagination that goes on between you and the audience or you and your fellow cast members and therein lies the addiction in those moments therein lies the addiction Therein lies the addiction. Okay, is that my bumper sticker? Yeah, which is going to be our little tagline. Yeah, for yeah. I'll the put episode. it in the show notes. All right, Philip, that we will wrap it up there. We're so sorry that we kept it so <laughs> kept you so I don't late. Know, I don't know if any of that's usable or not. It'll be great. Me waffling it, on about drama schools. No, but mean, I mean, people it's, are going to be asleep. This is what people want to hear. People want to know what the acting professionals think about drama schools i mean my opinion is that you go to if you want to go to the olympics you get hold of the best coaches you can get Mm. your hands on if you want to be an elite anything you get hold of the best educators you can get your hands on and in this country the best educators sit within those elite drama schools and that just makes sense to me yeah and that's going to give you the maximum level of advantage you can possibly get in order to enter the industry as i said before once you're in the industry it doesn't matter you know they're only concerned with what you do in front of the camera in front of the audience Hmm. all right phil thank you so much for coming on the pod we know that you were not too excited about it it's taken us actually a few weeks We've to get him had up here to force you well this was actually okay but i really i hate talking about myself oh we didn't really talk about you too much no, no, we didn't at all. Like that's why I'm quite thrilled with the whole thing. And but uh, yeah, I thought we been... were going to get deeper into Phil's past. No, that's okay. Oh, we don't want to. We don't no. want to go into that murky, murky territory. Season two, we yeah. will. We will get Phil of on to talk course. about his murky past. Um, we mm. will. <laughs> okay, Phil. Thank you so much for coming on. You mean a lot to AC and I and our acting careers and just our personal life. Thanks, Philly Cheese. Philly Cheese. You. I've never. That's... I call him that. Well, that's nice. Yeah. Um, but we really appreciate you. And for anyone 
who is looking to get into acting, Phil Holder is the man to talk to. Come see Phil. He might reject your email like Probably. Taylor. Yeah. But maybe in a few years he'll be able to change his mind. Like I did. And we'll leave you with that. <laughs> Bye, Phil. Bye, Phil. Thanks, guys. <laughs> Thank you, Philip Holder, Philly Cheese Holder, Warehouse Workshop Screen Acting Studio, Philip Holder. That was a lot. Say that five <laughs> times really fast. <laughs> Thank you, Phil. That was that was exhausting that to was, edit. It, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, whether or not that has persuaded you to go to acting schools or made you rethink applying for acting schools, because it is a really, it's a lot of effort and it's a really, really, really big commitment. And if you don't get in, it's very heartbreaking. In saying that, though, it is a, it's a fantastic experience and even auditioning, it, it hardens you as an actor and it builds it, character. It, it builds character and it's all part of it. It's rejection is just something we face all the time so you just got to decide whether it's worth the risk at the end of the day (laughs) okay so let's move on to our goal of the week amy goal of the week why do you always do this to me why do I always forget that we're going to talk about it? <laughs> okay, so my goal of the week, similar to last week's goal of the week, um, but in my new house. So I'm just going to, I want to unpack. I just want to finish unpacking, get everything sorted, get everything done. I've got a really busy week ahead of me, but I'm just hoping to just really chill out. You know what I did? I brought every single thing I own over here, including my massive TV. But you know what I didn't bring? The remote for my TV. I know. I can turn it on. It's got one button on I mean, the actual it's like TV. like a meter away from us. So I'm sure we could just yeah. get up and... Yeah. It's yeah, it's very close. But it's got one button on it that does everything and it's really annoying because you have to like press it a million times to get to the thing you want. I just should not have forgotten the That's TV so remote. Annoying. Um my goal of the week, I'm hoping it's gonna pop into my head as I'm speaking. Um Mm, I'm feeling unmotivated. I feel like... Well, let's make one then. What, my, what, what can well, we make? Well, Taylor and I are hoping to shoot a scene, a showreel scene, very soon. So I've just transcribed the scene and I'm. Maybe. my goal of the week is to start rehearsals for that. And It's a good goal. We can yeah, both do that. We, yeah. can, we can smash it out and create something we're proud of. Now that we live 11 minutes away. Exactly. We're going to be catching up <laughs> even more. Okay. We're going to introduce the artist of the week and then we're going to bed. Um... Uh, the artist of the week is Tom Dron. Okay, we're yelling sorry, in Taylor's ears again. Tom Dron. Don't get it. I know Tom through one of my best friends from high school, Chelsea. Hello, Chelsea. I love you very much. Um, he is amazing. His music is amazing. Um, he's on Spotify at the moment. He has a new song coming out soon, and they've just said to keep an eye out for any upcoming shows in Brisbane, which is super exciting for him. Um, the song that we are playing is called Pink and we're really excited for you to listen and hopefully enjoy. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Dream Baby Dream. We hope you have a brilliant week and keep dreaming. Keep dreaming.